Thank you for listening to the only podcast dedicated to the business of pharmacy. Welcome to the Pharmacy Podcast Show. You can find all of our episodes at pharmacypodcast.com. Hi, this is Alex Barker, the Chief Operating Pharmacist at the PharmacySchoolHQ.org, and you're listening to the Pharmacy Podcast. Hey, welcome back to the Pharmacy Podcast. Thanks so much for coming back. Be sure to share the podcast with your associates, with your team members. If you are a pharmacy owner, uh, take time to have your staff, as well as interns, pharmacy students, take a listen to some of the shows. We have an upcoming show with Alex Barker, PharmD. Alex is a graduate from Ferris State University, completed a PGY-1 residency focusing on ambulatory care and academia, and currently works as a clinical pharmacy specialist in an ambulatory care clinic. He is the founder of the Pharmacy School Headquarters. You can find that at PharmacySchoolHQ.org. And he's got some very interesting insights to share with us. But before that, let's get a provider status update thanks to Pharmacy Times featuring Nick Gentile, Director of State Grassroots Advocacy and Political Action for the ASHP. What's the status of provider status at the state level and which states are currently moving toward it and which states are kind of being resistance? That question is a little bit of a moving target um, because states deal with uh, a provider status in many different ways. Some states have um, you know, a more robust collaborative practice agreement. Other states go through you know, advanced credentialing like California did. Um, and other states do it in, in many different ways. Um, Washington just passed a, a law um, mandating that their uh, uh, in, insurance, insurance uh, plans add pharmacists to their provider networks where before they weren't. So now under Washington state scope of practice, Washington pharmacists can now um, reimburse for those uh, pharmacist services. So that was a huge coup. There are other states um, like North Dakota who has just expanded their collaborative practice agreement so um, pharmacists can do, do more within the state. Um, as for resistance, um, it's not so much resistance, I think it's more of state uh, the state pharmacy coalitions getting together and coming together with a, a, a certain idea on what um, provider status is and what they can take to the, uh, the legislature. Um, you know, in those states that have passed um, provider status legislation, the, the uh, medical societies haven't really been in opposition. They've either been silent or, um, or supportive. So it really, it really kind of depends on a state. You know, the old axiom, you know, you've seen, if you've seen one state, you've seen one state. So um, it's, very, um, it's a very difficult question to answer, but there are a lot of states that are moving forward. I know um, Alabama is moving to, to move toward a more robust collaborative practice where they haven't had it, they haven't had any collaborative practice. Um, Nebraska has just, um, uh, pass through its legislature a, a mechanism for pharmacists to potentially get paid for uh, pharmacy services. Um, Oregon um, is sending a bill to their governor that really um, ex- ex- um, expands their collaborative practice and introduces a new type of clinical pharmacy practice. So um, it's, it's an exciting time for pharmacy and pharmacists in, uh, in and around the states. So now let's hear from Alex on the Pharmacy Podcast. 
you know, this is a, um, a show about the business of pharmacy. And social media has driven so many uh, good uh, interviews. And um, people like Jason Poquette that replicates um, content and interviews. And I look at his blog and, and pick up um, different people that he's interviewed. And then, of course, go out to the intersphere, in- internet and, and Twitter sphere and, and see who's out there talking about the business of pharmacy. And I ran into this uh, this rock star of our industry, Alex Barker, PharmD, who, um, who has started. He's entrepreneurial, um, which is always uh, interesting to see as, uh, as uh, Aaron Albert talks about multipational and, and us all in the pharmacy industry doing a couple different things to, uh, to, to elevate and innovate and transform the industry. Uh, Alex uh, came out with a, uh, a business called Pharmacy School HQ, which you can find at pharmacyschoolhq.org, which is guidance for pharmacy students. And then he took it another step and actually has career services for pharmacists Welcome to the Pharmacy Podcast, Alex. How are you today? Todd, I'm living the dream. Thanks for having me on your show. You're very welcome. I've been following you on Twitter, been reading your content. Uh, we are. <laughs> You've been Twitter stalking me. <laughs> I have been Twitter stalking you. And we, um, we, we're both writers or contributors for uh, Pharmacy Times, so I think we have that brotherhood there as well. And um, it's, it's amazing to see that it's it's not uh, acceptable anymore to just sit on the sidelines and be status quo. Um, we all have to pitch in a little bit more to continue to kind of innovate and, and push the status of what is uh, a pharmacist and pharmacy in our industry. And it's so different. Uh, you know, I entered in 2004 and what a difference it is just in in that small amount of time. And I'm sure you've probably felt the same way. You know, it's funny. I just read a book called Abundance by Stephen Kotler, and he talks about how the future is a lot brighter than we think and about how the innovation technology uh, exponential growth curve is is getting so large now. Um, If you're not willing to change, if you're not willing to contribute to the innovation that's going on in so many industries, Kind of a scary thing to think about. <laughs> you may be left behind, and it, it, it scared me at first when I realized it. But I'm glad I'm I'm on the 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 good side, uh, the opposite of the dark side, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, there's been some things that you've touched on, even through the titles of your writings, and it's interesting how um, we we all seem to crisscross on certain areas. But then we each dig down into those specific topics with kind of our own flair. And I really like, um, you know, you're down to earth writing. You, you don't write to a point where I, I can't understand it. Obviously not as a as a clinician. I look at things. <laughs> I look at things through a marketer's eyes. And, um, you know, you, you did the, the piece on the top 20 states for pharmacy robberies. And we just uh, we just did a show uh, staring down the barrel, which was Ken Fagerman's book and. Then you did 25 uh, RX-rated pharmacy pickups lines, which is really funny, by the way. <laughs> I love that. And uh, that when we did, our first, we did our first pharmacy podcast T-shirt, it was the RX-rated T-shirt, and uh, <laughs> kind of got a lot of um, a lot of popularity uh, through the uh, through the pharmacy students that we had involved. But tell tell me tell our listeners a little bit about you and and why why is it that you became a pharmacist? Wow! So that takes me back. Um, 
you know, if you want the truthful answer, why did I choose pharmacy? Uh, it's because I was a misguided teenager who didn't want to touch uh, blood or butts, to be <laughs> truthful. <laughs> I, I always had an interest in the healthcare field in high school. And I thought, yeah, you know, I could probably do this. I'm really good at math and science. And I started narrowing down things. Um, and I thought doctor and I said, no way, I don't want to go to school that long. And I thought nursing and I thought, no, I'm, I'm not really good with, uh, touching people. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> even though in pharmacy school, I did have to touch people and give them injections and do all sorts of other things. But anyways, um, that sounded weird, but <laughs> what, what it led me down was a road of truthfully, a lot of rejection. Um, I, I wanted to give up on, on the path of pharmacy quite a few times, um, mainly because I, I just thought it was too hard. I felt like I was pushing myself way, way too much in undergrad. And the more I started to research the idea of pharmacy, what pharmacists do, I thought it more possible for me. Um, and I think also there was somewhat of a higher calling in my journey that said, no, you're, you're going to keep doing this. You're going to keep pushing and you're going to become a pharmacist. I trusted in that. And here I am today, clinical pharmacist. It, it feels pretty good. <laughs> I'm glad it's over. <laughs> you know, um, there's, there's some consistency that you bring to the table. Um, there's lots of, there's lots of people that I've come across in life who are, who are fundamentally good people, but their words, um, are, are not backed up by their actions, and something I'm not that I um, something that I've noticed about <laughs> you, Alex, is your actions are, are out there, and your words are just affirming those actions. You you came out with a program that's become quite um, popular. I want you to share the program, which is a, a most motivational and 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 helping people to get through. Um, you know, in their in their interpretation, many different things in life, but it's really about not giving up. And um, I want you to describe that program to our listeners too. Oh, you're talking about the 66 day experiment, yes, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, uh, Todd. Let me ask you this: Have do you think it's possible to change your habits? I do. I just think it's hard to change habits. I, I've read this that Seven Deadly Habit book, and and it said it takes like a human being uh, twenty weeks or something like that to truly change a habit or something. I don't know. I I think it is possible too, um, but I've I've always been a person who struggles with changing my habits. When I was probably since I've been a teenager, I've always had. A New Year's resolution, but I never told anyone. And about January 3rd, I would give up. <laughs> Every single year, I would give up on the thing that I wanted. I, I've wanted to eat better, uh, lose weight, uh, exercise more. I've wanted to read more books. I wanted to uh, make better decisions. I wanted to create a lifestyle that I would be proud of basically to leave a legacy behind for my family, for my friends, for my community. And what that led me towards was actually doing a lot of research. Um, if you're a student, be forewarned, you will have to read a lot of research articles. <laughs> right. And this training 
really prepared me actually to read other research articles. I started looking into ideas about goals, motivation, um, and high achievers, personal mastery. And I found this one study done by the University College of London that found that it takes 66 days to maintain a habit. And after reading this study, I thought, well, what if I did this on my life? What if I uh, put, put my story out there and I record myself daily trying to do these habits? And that scared the crap out of me <laughs> when I thought of that idea. And then about four months later, I decided, ah, oh, heck with it. I'm going to do it. And so I just ended season one of that show where I recorded myself daily talking about the lessons that I've been learning, where I read a book a day. I know how to speed read, so <laughs> don't be too don't be too shocked by that. I didn't quit my job or anything like that. Um, I exercised on a daily basis, which I've never been able to do in my life. And I also uh, wrote daily, which I've always been wanting to do. I've always wanted to become a writer. That's pretty much it. That's season one of the show. You know, um, but what that does is in your journey, which you're, um, you know, opening up to share with other people, it becomes inspirational to others who are on the cusp of, of, of going and trying something that they feel is um, a barrier to them getting to somewhere else. And, and that's just like weight loss or that's quitting, you know, smoking or becoming a better husband or, um, you know, spending more time with your family or, or, or you know, jo in doing your first marathon, whatever it is. I think that 66 day program um, that you're sharing with, you know, your listeners through the through the podcast that you do. And, that, and that's also a follow up when I first stalked you on Twitter um, I went out to the uh, Google Sphere there and and found uh, that 66 day program through iTunes. So that was inspirational to me to see that hey, there's a pharmacist out there who believes in even the the art of podcasting. Which you know, I I have I've been doing this since 2009, and it and it was anemic. It was like I had 200 listeners my first year. And it was horrible. <laughs> and I was like, why am I doing this? You know, why, why am I, why am I spending extra time after my, you know, full-time job, my full-time day on weekends? Why am I doing these interviews? Well, it, like you said, it was giving back to the industry that provides a living uh, for my family and for myself. So now it's become, you know, obviously a lot more popular. And there's an article that came out August 1st on publishing executive and it's titled The Podcast Opportunity for Publishers. And this is exactly the science of, of leveraging audio blogging. Audio blogging is podcasting to exemplify or raise up an issue that is that is traditionally being written about. But but you're not hearing the uh, the inflection and the passion of that person's voice. So mm -hmm. by marrying a podcast with a written article they're saying you're going to get 30% more uh, touch out of um, you know humans listening and understanding what you're trying to say uh, based on the language that you've chosen. And you and I haven't gotten into Spanish or Russian yet, but <laughs> who knows what's going to happen. 
Yeah. Well, I think it's a great point to point out for publishers and, and even for pharmacists to get your message out there um, in another form, another media is powerful, even for actually business. It's how podcasting is actually how I've grown my online business a hundredfold. Um, it's what's led me down the opportunities and networking with people. It's, uh, I, I recommend it for anybody. In fact, I just um, helped a dentist start a podcast um, and that he's already told me that <laughs> like half of his patients are listening to it now and they're recommending it to other people who aren't. So it's a great way to grow what you have and to get more leads and that sort of thing. I totally agree with this guy who's promoting podcasts. So that kind of opens the door for an announcement that I want to make since you're on the show and, and been thinking about this. We've had, um, we've had so many pharmacists come to the show that are doing other things, especially writing. There's lots of bloggers out there. And what I want to do is I want, I want the pharmacy podcast to grow exponentially. And I want the podcast not to be the voice of Todd Urey because for goodness sakes, I'm not even a pharmacist. But I'm, I, I consider myself pharmacist's number one fan. <laughs> so um, I want the podcast to be an umbrella of voices. And um, I know how busy you are. And if you can, you come back every once in a while and, and give us um, you know, a show, that, that something that you've already been designing or something that you can share with the listeners, whether that be a pharmacy student um, or a, a, a pharmacist deep in their career. There's, there's intelligence that you can bring uh, to the table, obviously, through all the research and, and topics that you've already covered. And um, we have Scott Maitland, who brings a compounding view through the International Academy of Compounding Pharmacists. We have Ron Lanton, who brings a political view as a, our government affairs uh, strategist and people that, um, that are going after different policies that are kind of shaping our industry. And then you're really interesting, Alex, that you bring something to the table on both sides. You're, you're talking with the pharmacy student, but you're also talking with the pharmacist in their career. And I think that's two important uh, topics and sides of what is the business of pharmacy. Well, I think it's a topic that gets left out, quite honestly, Todd. I've, I get emails every day from students and from pharmacists, too, that ask me questions about careers. And I think it gets left out in our training. Um, I think we don't know how to network. I think we don't know how to find new jobs. And I, I'm hopefully I think I'm helping a lot of people get better at those sort of things and help them find jobs that they truly enjoy, which I think we both know there's quite a few pharmacists out there that aren't very happy with where they're at. So let's talk about that for a second. I don't oh, know boy. If you, <laughs> if you know about the All man. Right. Do you know a guy named Jerry Farney? Uh, no, I do not. So Jerry Farney is out in, um, in Oregon, um, and he worked with Talist, and he's a, he calls himself an informatics um, pharmacist and deep into technology. And Jerry's going to start coming on the, the pharmacy podcast, too, talking about different technologies in pharmacy. And then you have, um, you know, Timothy Ungst, who does the digital apothecary, which is more, more about like mobile health and the Internet mm -hmm. of Things, of how the Internet is touching devices and how those devices are giving data back to our, uh, our health care providers and, and, um, 
and I, what I'm what I'm seeing is is the collection of these uh, incredible minds, which is really the next generation of pharmacy. And you know, you look at the award ceremony, which is the next generation pharmacist, which is published and put out by uh, Pharmacy Times and Parada, and just got done, um, you know, with that award uh, ceremony and. Um, and they're 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 lifting up and and, and making uh, a point to um, say thank you to the pharmacists that are out there that are going the extra mile, and that's exactly what I intend this to become. And what do you see as the places for pharmacists that maybe there's a P two student that's thinking like you did, uh, boy, I want to give up. This is just too hard, and there's going to be too many pharmacists in the marketplace. What do you tell a pharmacist um, that's on the, the beginnings of their career or in the middle of their schooling? What do you tell someone like that to, to differentiate themselves? What, what's the first steps in differentiating yourself? That's a great question. The first step is to understand what you love. The last thing I want to do is to tell everyone to get into technology, uh, which is <laughs> what I would say if I wanted to make a blanket statement. Um, because the world is heading to a more technologically advanced society. The way to be competitive is to understand technology better than anyone else. If you can, you're going to be ahead of the game. I'm very envious of Tim. <laughs> Timothy <laughs> knows a lot about that stuff and he's going to always have a job because he understands the digital aspect of pharmacy. But it would, I would make a mistake if I said to you, if you want to, if you want a new job, if you want to find a great job, then learn technology. Because what if you hate the computer stuff? Uh, I'll be a hundred percent honest. I I don't like technologically advanced stuff. <laughs> I'm I'm a slow adopter to those sort of things. Um, even with my website, I I hired a guy to help me um, out in Russia <laughs> to to help me with this website because I. I don't fully understand how to do all this stuff that he knows how to do. So the reason why I say is understand what you love is because if you love something, if you love a certain area of pharmacy, patient care, or even technology, then you are going to pursue it with a lot of your being. You're going to become an expert without even trying. Um, a prime example for this is my love for teaching. Um, I found out in probably around my P3 year that I loved to teach. Um, it's probably because I'm an only child and so I'm a know-it-all. <laughs> um, and I, I don't, I've always loved telling people um, how they're wrong. <laughs> I, I've, I've since married and changed that way, but I, I, I do enjoy teaching. I love inspiring people and, and teaching people whatever it is that they would like to know or whatever I'm being asked to teach on. And because I had that passion, I sought out opportunities to get better at teaching. Um, so I was teaching nursing students, PAs, medical doctors, doc, uh, student doctors. I was doing all sorts of things to push myself to be, become better at what I loved. And because I was able to do that, I've been offered jobs at teaching. Um, I've turned them down, just FYI. I'm doing this website about helping students become pharmacists and helping pharmacists find better jobs because I love 
teaching on these things. I love talking about them. Um, a great indicator for finding something that you love is if you were to talk about it, you know, would you lose track of time? Would you stay up until 11 a.m. talking to me about pharmacogenomics? I don't know too many people that would, but if that's you, then pursue that. That's how you gain the competitive edge in the market, by doing something that you love. And if you think, I'm, I'm never going to love what I'm doing now, or I'm, I'm, I don't love what I'm doing now, um, then explore become like a kid again and find out what was curious to you. Uh, I think school, unfortunately our schooling system, especially pharmacy school (laughs) does a great job at killing our creative ability because we're so bogged down in the details and memorizing all these things. Try to turn that on, do something that you did as a kid again to find out what you're passionate about. Cause if you can find your passion, then, then you can find a competitive edge. That passion uh, that drives us in what we like to do, and um, you know, and and obviously, if if we're in the healthcare system, down deep inside all of us, is this um, is this want, um, this desire to help people. Mm-hmm. And when I look at the disease states today that have all of these physician specialists focused on them, and then I follow through the diagnosis and the therapy plan, what mm-hmm. happens next? The pharmacist happens next. And we have asthma and dermatology and fertility and you know hepatitis and HIV and infusion therapy and so many of these special specialties that as a pharmacist, you could, after getting that infrastructure of knowledge and becoming a PharmD and, and, then, and then thinking about yourself, what, what drives me what what am i passionate about and if like you said if it is uh, technology how do i leverage technology in teaching other pharmacists like alex how to use you know technology better because if tim imagine if you and i and tim could all be in the same office all day long and we had a consultancy and you were driving careers and expertise and guidance and tim's driving you know mobile apps and he's you know, teaching pharmacists to leverage the technology regardless. And I'm sitting around, you know, talking about it and marketing it and digitizing it and putting it out there and selling it. And that there, there you go. There's those three passions that, you know, cultivated and coming together, uh, produce something special. And I think teaming with other, other pharmacists that have an edge that you might not have and leveraging subject matter experts, uh, like yourself, Alex, is going to help pharmacy rise up and, and, and cut out a lot of steps that you and I have banged our heads and banged our toes in order to get through and um, in order to get to where we are in our careers today. So I, I like those examples. So what's next for you, by the way? I, I know that I'd like to have you back on the show. I'd like to get more of your thought leadership and subject matter expertise on, on driving careers for pharmacists as well as uh, being a subject matter expert and go-to uh, for uh, pharmacy students through um, pharmacyschoolhq.org. But what else is going on in your life? <laughs> a lot. For as far as the pharmacy times, because I write on, I'm a contributor there. And what, I, what I've been doing is called the F- Pharmacy Resident Bootcamp. 
And what I'm doing right now is I'm coaching a P4 student through the entire process. So last, uh, last night, actually, we just spoke about, um, planning out the rest of the year and preparing for the residency. And we're recording these sessions and posting them on YouTube and pharmacy times. Um, that's been really exciting. And I've been getting a lot of great feedback from, from students and actually pharmacists as well, who are interested in doing residencies. Um, I plan on doing more of those sort of topics. You know, a, a motivator for me, actually, do you mind if I tell a story, Todd? Oh, please do. That's what this is all about, <laughs> storytelling. <laughs> well, let me actually, you know what, let me tell you, let me ask you a question. If, if you had to pick the wealthiest land on planet Earth, what do you think that would be? Um, is it Dubai over in India? <laughs> That's a good guess. I don't know. That's a good guess. I don't know. The real, I guess real estate, you might want to say New York City, but but land um, in itself, maybe maybe we don't know. Maybe it's sitting on, maybe there's land out there that has gold underneath it or something. Ooh, and that is what I agree with, Todd. I think the wealthiest land in the entire world is the biggest cemetery. The reason why I believe that is because in that cemetery are dreams that were not fulfilled. It was people who didn't follow through with the big idea that they had. I know that there are people listening to the show right now who have a big idea, who can solve a problem with a business idea or even changing careers into a place where they could help even more people. And I think that... (laughs) Unfortunately, so many people don't listen to those inner inklings, the things that say you should create something that solves a problem we have in healthcare, and they just go on with their lives. I want to help those people to take action. I want to help people, help even more people. That's the legacy that I want to live behind, and, and that's what I want to do more of on pharmacy times. And it's a slow plan to do that, but one person can make all the difference. One is always greater than zero. And if I can inspire one person to take action, to choose a career that's gonna make a difference in other people's lives, then that's what I wanna do. It's like mind blowing, just the way that you said that, you know, the richest land is the largest cemetery, which is, um, you know, basically, people that have gone uh, and and not fulfilled their dreams that and those dreams could have been multi-million trillion dollar ideas I mean that, that's and, and, and more so than just the money aspect it's the lives that those people might not have touched and um, that, that's incredible it, it's 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 well put Alex thank you I, I think so too <laughs> so, so uh, not to put you on the spot, but do you think you'd like to come back to the pharmacy podcast? Yeah, of course. Excellent. I'd love to come back and talk more on careers and, and also interview some very interesting people who are moving and shaping the world of pharmacy. Yeah, and, and if you're listening to the show and you have an idea like Alex uh, and you're a pharmacist or uh, you're in the pharmacy industry and you'd like to interview somebody, Pharmacy Podcast really wants to open up. We want other thought leaders in the, the, the business of pharmacy to bring content to the show. So like Alex, if, if Alex goes off and interviews somebody, he can throw that over to the podcast and we can get it out there for you, for our listeners. We're, 
you know, 47,000 plus listeners now, which we're so excited about. And it's worldwide. We have listeners in Australia, Germany, Canada, you know, Mexico, obviously, and most of them right here in the United States. But, um, you know, just just be part of the, the, the bigger the bigger picture here, which is, you know, uh, all of us, all of us pharmacy professionals. But Alex, thank you so much for being on the Pharmacy Podcast. I was so excited to have you on. This is our kickoff show and, and I really welcome you to come back at any time that you can find the time to, to bring subject matter expertise to the show. Todd, you've been a gracious host. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. You're listening to the Pharmacy Podcast. We were on with Alex Barker, PharmD. And if you'd like to learn more about Alex, uh, please go to www.pharmacyschoolhq.org and look him up on Pharmacy Times. Once again, he's a frequent writer for Pharmacy Times. And we thank you for listening.